Hello and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Gemini Man and I can only be joined by one person to talk about this movie. He's been the one-man PR team for this movie for going on 12 months now. Uh, It's my friend Josh Brown. Josh, we made it to Gemini Man. We have made it to the movie event of the year. Um, I think movies, I think movie theaters can just stop playing movies now. So I think cinema has peaked. Gemini, Gemini Man has come out. We can just, <laughs> we can hold the Oscars now. We can give it all to Gemini Man. It's just, why even bother making movies if you're a filmmaker when you have to compete Look, with Gemini Man? You know, like honestly though, I'm not being, I'm not being facetious here. You know, and I've been accused of facetiousness when it comes to Gemini <laughs> Man. I think Will Smith should be the best actor conversation. I'm not I'm not being facetious here. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll get to why that is. Gemini Man is the newest movie from director Ang Lee. It has like... Visionary as, director <laughs> Ang Lee. As, as Josh said, probably a ton of writers. The three that show up on Wikipedia are David Benioff. I think we've all heard of that guy before. Billy Wright and a guy named Darren Lemke, who... He's the guy who wrote the original draft in which he attended the premiere and said this looks nothing like his original draft. Well, that's what you get for selling your script to someone else. Uh, Gemini Man is like has been originally conceived in 1997, and even according to Wikipedia, went through quote development hell for nearly 20 years. So wait, wait, wait! It was conceived in 1997, so this was pre millennium. This was pre millennium, right? Uh, I mean, what do we consider the start of the millennium? Didn't Independence Day come out in 1996? Well, millennium is definitely 2000. Like we were entering. The millennium then we're still in it we're peak millennium we got spies I, in disguise. I, I think we're well past the peak and I, i'm not allowed to know anything about spies in disguise besides the name of the movie so you got to stop there uh okay. but uh gemini man is again it's uh visionary director ang lee's most recent foray into trying to redefine how we view cinema literally uh, as it was shot in uh 120 frames per second just like um Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk, another one that I missed, but uh, shot in such a in 4K 3D 120fps, which is a format which is not viewable in the United States. So he's truly visionary, so much so that like America has not caught up to him. And, U.S. can't ha- can't handle his vision. Can't right. handle the vision of my Taiwanese guy. Angry. <laughs> and there's so much to talk about with this movie besides the actual plot. But briefly, uh, Gemini Man is about an aging government assassin named Henry Bergeron, played by Will Smith, who is retiring but the government won't let him go ever heard that one before the assassin cannot get out he knows too much they're gonna have to kill him and he is uh, also being followed uh by a i guess what they call a dia agent is, i guess dia is just a stand-in for cia i don't really think it's that important but it's some kind of governmental agency and mary elizabeth winstead has been stationed to uh tail him and i don't know if just until they decide to kill him who really knows but eventually they go on the run because it's apparent she's not in on the the plot to kill him and they realize that the person plotting to kill him and trying to kill him is a younger version of himself who has been cloned and and the reasons for cloning uh, become apparent later in the movie, and I actually think are pretty interesting. So, uh, Josh, you are—you mentioned how a lot of people have accused you about being facetious, and uh, you've talked about already about how Angley's a visionary. So, uh, I mean, this is the second straight year where you have hyped up a, an tour who 
arguably peaked 15 to 20 years ago, who has now uh, become obsessed with just uh, visual, various parts of visual film. For uh, Robert Zemeckis, it's motion capture. For Ang Lee, it's all these weird frame rates. Uh, what made you? So, what, what has made you so fond of Ang Lee in recent years as he has gone off the reservation, for lack of a better term, and just decided to like screw around with film? See, okay, off the reservation, like, I, I, I'm going to push back on that because Life of Pi. Hey, we should say, I, might, I may or may not have liked this movie better than you, so don't, you don't need to, like, defend Ang <laughs> Lee to me. I'm just trying to say he's doing some weird stuff here. So, I mean, what made you so intrigued by uh, Gemini Man that made you decide to promote it endlessly here and other places over the last year? Uh, I am actually re- regretting the fact that I didn't make my Facebook cover uh, photo, the <laughs> poster for Gemini Man. I, like, I legit am kicking myself for that. But um, it's the triangle. It wasn't just the Angley. It was the triangle of Angley, Will Smith, and Jerry Bruckheimer. Like three forces that if they got to like on their own, maybe not as interesting. But when they get to in a room together, I got to see what they have to cook up. Because, okay, you have... The Jerry Bruckheimer. What has Jerry Bruckheimer even done recently? That's all that good, like in the last couple of years. Um. Well, l- l- let's be honest. It's been a tough decade. He's been kicked off the Disney lot. But I. All right. So Bruckheimer in the '90s had these high concept premise that uh, for movies, action movies that they don't make anymore. Like this originally stemmed as was intended to be a Tony Scott film in the '90s, right? Um, and I've always said that, like I and I. Don't, you know, I don't particularly have, like, a huge fondness for every single movie like, you know, Bruckheimer and Simpson did in the 90s in particular. But I always thought, like, under an interesting director, especially, like, an aging auteur, those high-concept, pre- high concept, you know, mid-budget uh, action films, those premises would be interesting, you know? There's a world where you could see, like, Michael Mann's Gemini Man, you know? Like, that, that would be fascinating right and with ang lee you now you have this thoughtful you know get uh auteur who's you know famous for making melodramas that uh explore the human connection uh condition but also he's you know uh it's not the first time he has like shown his technical prowess when it comes to an action film whether it be crouching tiger hidden dragon or his second best film hulk um <laughs> that is a take you're just dropping that in here we don't have we we have a hard out because of a debate but we don't have time to debate that that that, that assertion right there actually i do think that gemini man is in conversation with hulk but that was very um, like daniel lima of you to like just drop in like something that's like outrageous there and just keep going like inspect someone not, <laughs> not to be called on it but continue because I, I do not have time to go all in on angley's filmography but I mean, yeah just keep going um yeah it's for me it's eat drink man love um, I mean, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman, Hulk, Wedding Banquet, and then maybe Gemini Man is fourth. Who knows? Um, really, you're okay. not a Brokeback Mountain in your top four. That's insane. Uh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Just not Hulk. Okay, um, okay, okay. Keep going. Um, but yeah, so, and then like Will Smith, I've been, I've been, you know, okay, I have a soft spot for Will Smith. I like you. I, I'm a child of the 90s. I grew up with the Fresh Prince, and I think... He's actually one of our great movie stars, but unfortunately, I worry about Will. Yeah, Street. you just you just said that in the present tense, though, and I guess he's still a movie star, but he's a movie <laughs> star that doesn't make good movies. I'd say yeah, he's, I'd say he's made half a good movie in like the last like fourteen years. Okay, yeah, you know, and also like you know, like focus is good. Focus that, is and good. that's exactly what I was saying. The first half of yeah. focus is the one good movie he's made in like since like the pursuit of happiness, basically. Yeah, like. 
The thing with Will Smith is I worry about him because I think he will be kind of, at this point in his career, I worry that he'll be like a forgotten movie star where like none of his movies that he's made, even the ones that we most remember him by, Independence Day or Men in Black, I didn't enter like the canon of like great movies, right? You know, he has made some solid ones like iRobot, Pursuit of Happiness, Men in Black, Independence Day. But, like, you know, he seems like an actor that probably needs, like, a Steven Soderbergh to guide his career. Like, you know, like, someone that, like, he doesn't really challenge himself with the roles or right, directors. Just because just, 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 just I feel the need to do it, because I think this might be the first time I've talked about a Will Smith movie since I started doing this podcast. No, Aladdin, did Aladdin earlier this year, which actually, like, it wasn't good, but it wasn't, like, a disaster, and he actually tried in it. You can, I don't even know if I consider I Am Legend good. It was successful and not, like, yeah. universally panned, but I can't say I've watched it any time recently. But that's, like, most Will Smith movies where they right. are, like, commercially but like, but like, successful. But, like, since then, it's, like, Hancock, Human Contract, uh, or, or, wait, no. I'm, I'm looking. This is a list of shit that he's produced. God damn it. Uh, Men in Black 3, After Earth, you had the cameo in Anchorman 2, uh, Focus. Seven Pounds, Concussion, Suicide Squad, Collateral Beauty, Bright. Yeah, so it, it just hasn't been good. So it's just kind of funny. Like, you, you admitted that about Jerry Bruckheimer. Angley, uh, same thing, like, recent years. I mean, I, get, I, I take that back. I mean, like, Ice Life of Pi was 20... Uh, 12. 12. So, okay, he won Best Director seven years ago. Since then, it's basically just, like, Billy Lynn's Halftime Walk and nothing else. So he just hasn't actually really... Yeah. Work that much. So it's like him, Jerry Bruckheimer hasn't made a good movie in like eight years. Will Smith made like one good movie in like 13 years. So it's a very interesting confluence of talent. Yeah. And they all need the W. And then also, and I think also, like, I like the idea that their talent is at conflict with each other, where, you know, the thoughtfulness of Ang Lee would elevate a Jerry Bruckheimer material and also push, like, the thing with Ang Lee, what he's known for is being a director who's really focused on body movement of his actors. He's really, you know, going back to, like, sense and sensibility, like, you know, Emma Thompson talks about the type of brutal notes he would give, you know, because of a, the language barrier and the cultural difference, but B, he's just a guy who's, you know, gets good performances, soulful performances out of his actors, like he did with Eric Bana and Hulk. Um, and I'm I, like, I was about to laugh, but I'm like, no, no, Eric Bana was really great in Hulk. But like, and so I would like to see, you know, this is like the first director that Will Smith has worked with, and I think maybe since like Michael Mann that, you know, is good but also you know? but also like the first real movie star that ang lee has had in like a lead role basically ever like just think about the points at different people different points in people's career like i mean kristen stewart had a supporting role i call her a movie star but it was a supporting role in billy lynn's long halftime walk in like, crouching in crouching tiger like chow yun fat and michelle yo they're like movies big movie stars internationally like and there are as far as like someone that's like big to people in american audiences you know yeah. like sense of sensibility i'd say it was like before like people really really knew like kate winsley you know or anything like that yeah. that's, that's pre-titanic like he's like never worked with someone like as like popular as will smith either so it's like oh you're gonna like have a movie star of this level of charisma to try and like raise your product yeah and then also like you know there's funny anecdotes from the like making of this movie where like so will smith like playing like the younger version of himself they use flip footage from like the 90s to uh uh try to better capture that to show him and like angley said 
uh, no, act less good like you were in the 90s, like, you know, and so I, 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 I you know, like, I, I, I really would like to see uh, Will Smith, like, challenged by great movie directors, like, you know, this is a dude who, you know, turned down The Matrix in favor of Wild Wild West and turned down Jingo and Oh, Fame God, I'm still upset about favor, that. In favor of After Earth. So I would like him to work with all tours that, like, really push him. And actually, I think in this movie, he gives one of his better performances in quite some time. Um, okay, so there are all these people involved that you thought you saw a way in which they could all kind of, like, benefit each other and make each other better. How successful were they in doing so? I think... I think okay, so I think Angley made Will Smith better. I and I think um, Angley makes one of his like the one of the most Angley movies you can imagine by like shoehorning this like father son drama melodrama into this like generic action thriller, right? So I think it, I think it's, I think it's a close call. Like I think they I think for the most part they they hit their goals. I wish it had been great than just good, but also like. You know, good is pretty good given what like where the expectations had been set by the time we actually got to see this movie. Yeah, and keep my my expectations were really high. So, <laughs> um, and then also the other the other unique thing about this, the other thing that was driving me is also like I like what you know me. I like I guess the theme of every time I'm on this podcast is when some big auteur takes some giant technological swing. <laughs> um, um, whether it be Zemeckis with Marwin or Robert Rodriguez with Alita. And so, like, for me, the... God, Alita the, was this year. Jeez. Yeah. Um, and for me, Ang Lee playing with, like, this technology and the fact that, like, he now is at the point where he has said he can't go back. He doesn't <laughs> see himself. <laughs> and also, to see him, like, dig his heels it's in. Like trying, it's like, it's like trying crack. Can't go back. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, to see him dig his heels in on a tech, like, it's not like James Cameron in, with Avatar in 2009, where it's like, oh, wow, he really sold us on the concept of 3D. Now, we've had 3D fatigue, like, since then. But not because of James Cameron. Every you know, there was reports in 2009 about like people who saw Avatar and were suffering depression because like they you know couldn't like go back, like they couldn't fathom leaving Pandora or whatever. Like you know, it's not and then it's not like well, the 120 frames per second has caught on. If anything, like American audiences have so thoroughly rejected it that this that the film's own distributor did not put it out in the proper format in which Angley wanted you to see it. So we should, we should say that you saw it in as close to the proper format as you can in America, which is 2k 120 frames per second. Was it 3d too? Yeah, it was 3D. okay. 3d, 3d, 2k 120 frames per second. It was meant for 4k 3d 120 frames per second, but you're not going to get that in America because I don't know why, but like he's too ahead of the curve, and I probably saw it in like. That's a visionary. Yeah, I probably. U.S. cinemas can't contain his vision. I probably saw it in I don't know either the sixty or the twenty-four, which is actually a wholly different experience from what I understand. So, um, I mean, did you think that really enhanced your viewing experience? Absolutely, absolutely. Because I think as I was watching it, even though I knew this is not exactly what Ingley wanted, and keep in mind, if I could. If I could, if I had the money, I would fly to Hong Kong and buy my ticket to G uh, Gemini Man. 
to see it the way that Ang Lee wanted me to see it. But um, when I was watching it, it was like a completely different. And honestly, I had I had this was my first 120 frames per second movie. I hadn't seen you know the Hobbit films, which I believe were released in 60 frames. And I hadn't seen Billy Lynn. I felt bad at Aang. I, I, I'm sorry. I was busy, like, with exams that week when it came out. I'm sorry. And it, was only, it was, like, only in theaters a week because it was that much of a bomb. <laughs> yeah, and only in, like, four theaters in America at that time that projected it correctly, too. But So this was the first time I was seeing it, and I didn't find – and this – by all the r- reports, this is, like, the best version of, like, that has been used. Like, this is uh, the best it's ever been. And as I was watching it, you know, like I, the depth of field that it allows uh, the viewer to have, uh, like I didn't find it jarring. I just thought, I kind of thought of this quote that George Lucas said um, when a long time ago, when uh, Lucas was first pioneering digital filmmaking and digital cameras, George Lucas like was convincing all the big filmmakers to convert to digital. And then he like, had a quote where he said something along the likes uh, on the likes of film is at we have exhausted all the possibilities with shooting on film we know what it can do we are at the peak we've done everything we can whereas shooting digitally we're at its infancy we don't know the possibilities yet and that's it's exciting you guys should get on board with this and now like having watched this film now, would I say I want every movie to look like this? No, but it did feel like, oh, wow, this is, you know, the future of cinema, especially with the action sequences, like the motorcycle chase. It is really something to behold in this format that Ang Lee has uh, crafted. Well, I heard, I, heard, I heard in a couple of places, like, it, it almost gives the effect of, like, having that uh, soap opera look, and where you recall it calls for the motion smoothing. Is it was that being overstated? In, in the in the proper format now, yeah, yes. There's this super clarity to it that one might associate with like the soap opera effect or whatever, but it works in this con. Like, I'll tell you what doesn't work, and I'll tell you what works. Like, a thematically, I think it works in in the sense that like, okay, like this is a movie about this assassin who, you know, is very skilled, and so he has, a, he has a perspective on the world that is far more clearer and more precise than us, right? So on a thematic level, it works. On, on a technical level, it's really good for these... It's like you're watching, like, a really high-definition action sequence, and, that, and, and, it, and it works very well, especially with the depth of field that you get. So it, it really makes the action sequences pop. You know, where I'm like, okay, I can see this being the future. Where where I think kind of fucks it a little bit is, so this is an espionage story, and so I think the tendency with spy movies is to have locations that are very pristine and gorgeous and, you know, picturesque. And I think where it kind of fucks this is that because of that, because the locations are so pretty, um, I think that's where it kind of looks like soap opery whereas like maybe if you're in grittier locations where you have this high definition this is like high definition clarity to it it wouldn't be you know like it wouldn't resemble like a soap opera or wouldn't resemble something that seems like a backlog if that well it's it's, i think it's interesting that it it seems like the the 
the the look of this movie really worked for you because I again I I actually really enjoyed the movie and I didn't see it in that way but you know I I kind of left it thinking like okay well I don't really know what I'm missing out on but it had some pretty really well thrilling action sequences which is what you want when you go to an action movie but it, I mean it also had like a um, I think we'll talk more about him but I thought it had a, a really good Will Smith performance and I thought the script had some interesting ideas. And I was like, all right, well, look, people set my expectations so low, they were just, like, way too hard on this movie. It has, like, too many things going for it. And I mean, then I thought maybe a little more about the plot, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe not all of it makes sense, but it didn't bother me too much when I was watching it, so I don't really know uh, how hard I should come down on it for the, for that. So it seems like you— he probably doesn't want you to— give a shit about the plot like because i don't think he does well i mean um, like did i mean i i don't think you disagree with me that maybe it doesn't like totally track and isn't the most oh yeah it, logical it, thing but like did that was that something that was even bothering you as you were watching it at all i mean because i think about i'm like so huh they wanted to kill him and then he needed to go across the world to do yeah. what exactly he's running from them to one place and then it, I, wait no they're chasing him it's like huh it's so generic, and it's and as you said, like you could pick it apart, it wouldn't hold up to scrutiny. It's the weakest thing about the film, and it's what kind of holds the movie back. But what elevates it is the themes of like this, you know, this Frankenstein father son drama, which I would say puts it in conversation with Hulk, because I think they both are about these like complicated father-son dynamic. I thought you were about to say the godfather or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, like, I think, and, and, and I think, you know, this is, like, a fascination of Ang Lee, and I think this is what sort of makes it one of the most Ang lee uh of his movies. So, um, so on that, like, I really like the villain's motivation and, and you know, the dynamics Junior has with uh, a you know, 51 year old Will Smith, you know? So like the themings of it, I think are fascinating and make it more interesting than the plot would normally be. Going into this movie, I think you have to know that it's going to, it's going to be about a guy confronting his clone. And I mean, hopefully the rest of the plot like makes enough sense. And I, I guess it makes enough sense. And I mean, look, it makes sense. Like we know in these kind of hitman movies, like they want to kill the guy before he gets out. He knows, he knows too much. And you kind of accept that and i mean i kept like spending the whole movie thinking that like the whole entire time just because they get tracking him thinking that like mary elizabeth winstead was on the inside the whole time it's like how the hell else do they know where they are and then it's like something great performance to, by her by the way yeah i think she's people are getting like movies getting a lot of crap for like underusing her but like she got to do some badass action stuff like what else do you like expect like the i mean ex- what else can you ask like you want her to be able to go out and do that kind of stuff and she's, yeah, gonna, be, no. she's gonna be in she's birds of praise person. Yeah, she's, I, I mean, I like her. She's gonna be in Birds of Prey, so hopefully she's gonna have a little bit of a moment here. No, but like I was like, look, they they're they're trotting around. They are having some fun action sequences. And another thing that was like a pleasant surprise was I didn't think the movie took itself that seriously. You know, like they they are like constantly joking like the whole time. And I think I was just kind of worried based on the way people were talking about the movie that it was gonna be like self serious. But like it it kind of takes the time to like it never like goes too long without like having a character crack a joke which even maybe not the funniest jokes but like i was like okay well this is interesting it's a little lighter than i expected yeah like you know i didn't i'm not sure if every punchline line landed to be honest but mm-hmm. like you know like i i think like the first couple minutes are kind of like the roughest where they have to get through all this exposition and like you know you see his former boss and stuff but, like, as the movie gets going, and I think the Will Smith chemistry with Mary Elizabeth Winstead helps it tremendously, 
in addition to, I think Clive Owen is doing really great work here as the villain. Because at first he seems like a rope villain, like man, know, he, man he's, he's, he's very he's very Clive Owen for better and worse. Yeah, but like I like when you get into like oh he 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 views himself as father of uh, of, of young Will Smith, and then the movie starts getting more and more interesting. So. I wasn't like you know again it's the weakest thing but there's also the angly touches that make it you know interesting you know than it probably otherwise would be but you know what's weird about it there's also like the meta text of like you know Will Smith looking back at his you know at his career at like you know what he once was as this promising young actor um, and Angley has said in interviews that there was only one other movie star that could have done this and this was tom cruise i was gonna ask you about that what what is this movie if it's tom cruise instead of will smith i don't know i've always you okay i'm not sure if you know this but my dream movie my dream movie is like i would love it if like will smith and tom cruise like did an action movie together like uh like their version of face off like i don't like because i think it's like you have these two like they they have such different energies yeah, and that would be great. And they're friends, like, and they're both, like, these very committed action stars that, like... Wait, you just they said they're friends. You mean you want them to be friends in the movie, or are they friends in real life? In real life. Like, Scientology kind of bonds them together. Oh, um, I forgot that Will Smith was into that, too. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, they have a, like... They were... Tr- in the early 2000s, they were really trying to make a movie together. I just can't and, imagine and them, like, hanging out. Like, I don't know what they would do. Uh, they're, but they're really fucking weird. That's the thing. Like, I, but, but I can always imagine like Will Smith like sitting still long enough to like watch a basketball game, and I don't imagine Tom Cruise like sitting still in one place for more than ten seconds. Actually, you know what's weird? Will Smith said there's. I was watching. I'm not sure if you follow Will Smith's Instagram, but no, I've heard it's actually pretty uh, well manicured. It's very. It's fascinating. Um, but um on his like he tells this story about like one time him and like he said like him and tom cruise would always get into friendly competitions with each other and one time they were at a red carpet event and their competition was who could sign the most autographs like who could stay there the longest signing the most autographs and like after a while like will smith just gave up but like tom cruise like kept going like over like three hours it's not surprising at all yeah, what? It's not surprising at all. I would have, yeah. I would have bet money on him being the one to win that. Yeah, so I, like, I would love to see, like, I don't know, like, I would love to see what it would be. But like, I think it is interesting, you know, with Will Smith as Texas. We have the thing is with Tom Cruise. Yes, we do have a relationship as an audience to his younger self, like with Risky Business and I guess Top Gun. But we actually have a, you know, like Will Smith, like played a teenager for a long time in the 90s like everybody has an idea of will smith's uh teenage persona and it's interesting to see it you know because we have a relationship with that and to see it being used here was fascinating and i want to yeah because it totally upends that expectation of what a young will smith should be because it's like like a robot as opposed to the super charismatic guy that people know from the fresh prince yeah, which is always fascinating with Will Smith, like, post-2008, where, you know, like, one of his worst performances is in After Earth, where, like, he's, like, denying that natural charisma. And so, like, and here, like, I think it's, you know, him, I think he's giving a really good performance as this digital creation, as his younger self, where you see, you know, like, ex- Angley exploits all his vulnerabilities, 
Uh, but it's, it's interesting that, like, as he's gotten older, that like, he's trying to push back against, like, the one thing that is undeniable about his movie star uh, persona, which is his charisma. But I wanted to ask you, did you find—because, like, the young Junior in the movie— did you find Junior believable? Like, did you find that cause it's a completely digital creation? Did I find? Oh, do you mean did I find it believable as like a as a clone? Because I mean, yeah, <laughs> aging tech. I mean, like it was fine. I, I guess I, I can't disagree with people that said like in the final scene where he's actually oh, in, in all that light. What? Yeah, yeah. The final scene on the college campus is the roughest, but throughout the movie, I thought it looked pretty good. Like, it was I, fine. Like, I mean, I don't have a lot to compare it to. I think we're gonna like. It'll be really interesting to see how uh, Marty pulls it off in The Irishman, and because it's going to be, I mean, it's it's one thing to like make Will Smith like go from like fifty one, who he in real life could probably pass for forty one anyway, and make him twenty three, but to like make Robert De Niro go from seventy four to like thirty something is going to be like a whole other thing. So, and Sam Jackson and Captain Marvel. I thought it was is, it was well done in Captain Marvel. Yeah, like I think like um, that's probably the most like one-to-one comparison in my view even though like sam jackson's not completely digital like will smith is i think it's just because like the pro- the weird thing about when i was going into this movie i was like kind of complaining a little bit where i was like what seems somewhat baffling about like you know de-aging will smith is the fact that like will smith as an actor it's not like he has eight he's like you know like He's an actor that notoriously looks pretty young for his age. He doesn't necessarily look 50. He looks like he's in his, like, four. Like, he doesn't look like he's aged that much since the 90s, all things considered. And so, like, you don't really have, like, the dramatic, you know, it doesn't seem as dramatic as, like, okay, Robert De Niro uh, de-aging him. Um, and, the same, and that was, like, my problem with, like, Sam Jackson, where, like, um, Captain Marvel, I... He's, I, he's 70 now, yeah. Yeah, like, the, my problem with, like, Captain Marvel, um, the de-aging effects in Captain Marvel with Sam Jackson was, like, he's another actor that doesn't really age. And so, like, honestly, like, when they de-aged him, I, in my opinion, he looked a little bit older. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like, like, it just, I, I don't know. Like, well, I mean, it, for me, for me, it did work for Junior. I mean, like, again, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not going to, like I said, not going to argue with anyone that said maybe it wasn't great in the last scene and... Maybe we're not a hundred percent there with that technology, but I mean, I, I, I bought it and I thought, I, I thought, I thought, it, I thought it worked fine. It wasn't like distracting that really all that much. Any aside from the fact that it's like, oh wow, they're really pulling this off with the two of their faces on the screen at the same time. Yeah, like I think if you didn't know better, if you honestly didn't know better, like you, I think it would, it would, uh, up until like the final minutes of the film, I think it they pull it off, and also a lot of the stuff like he's in shadows and might be like in that motorcycle chase it, it you know he's kind of from afar which by the way like did you like the action of this movie i i did enjoy the action that goes back to what you were saying about the um just about about how you felt that like the 120 fps maybe enhanced the depth of everything and the feeling of everything for you and i mean i was still fairly arrested during that motorcycle chase and uh, i mean there are some other good moments i, I enjoyed it the first time uh, mary elizabeth winstead got in on the action just when they got ambushed at the beginning I thought the his other like his his second fight with Junior was also very good, but I mean that motorcycle chase was obviously the highlight, and it, it's cool cool how it goes from 
a motorcycle chase to a motorcycle heist or not a, excuse me a motorcycle fight where like junior is using the motorcycle as a bludgeon and i literally was like oh shit like i, I i'm i'm normally pretty good about containing myself in the movies but that just like caught me off guard and he's just like smacking him in the face with the motorcycle i was like wow this is like they're really going for something very visceral here and i i mean i appreciate that and also like i guess before it turned into that they were in the they were just shooting in that house and i kind of liked how they framed that house and how like you know um henry could actually see junior like and having a little bit of a stakeout with that mirror and i i don't know i just i just thought some parts of it were uh were were pretty well done and i and i appreciated it yeah like the only problem i had with the action was like when you get to the hand-to-hand combat at night, like, like I think in, like, the beginning where, like, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is fighting at her old job or whatever, um, I think, like, it's just really hard to see. I don't think it's very good. It's kind of choppy. But when you get to, like, that, like, uh, I think when you get to the motorcycle chase and then, like, when you get to the final shootout um, um, where, Clive, where Clive Owen is involved um, in Atlanta... Um, oh, oh, and also the 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 shootout in the convenience store. I, I, yeah. I I'm, I'm always I'm always there for exploding drinks and food. Oh, you should saw like in in the high frame rate and 3D, it looked awesome. Okay. It looked really really good that scene. It was like oh shit, like you know. And the thing with Ang Lee, like if you could go back to like like even going back to like Hulk, he's very playful. Like you know, Hulk gets thing which I like, where it's like trying to make it look like comic book and he's doing all these split screens and then you get to life and pie where you have like you know the famous like fish like uh uh flying out of the screen like he's very playful with his technology and his effects when he's going where these like very high like high concept um technically ambitious films he's always playful and you can see that here in a lot of the action scenes um which i think like uh makes it better Gotcha. No, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed it, and like that's the thing. It's like it, it, I, you can only like knock an act. You can only like really, uh, totally flunk an action movie if it like has as if it has like if it is. I would say it's hard to totally flunk in any action movie that has action as good as this one. So I, I, I that's part of why I'm just overall pretty positive on it. But I, I, I do want to ask you more specifically, Joe, just up, about about Will Smith, and I we, we talked about the younger version of him, and I, I guess like. Part of what, even if the the junior part of it, I don't know if he's really asked to do a ton there, uh, but like I still like thinking about the plot, and I want to talk a little bit more about just the specific moral quandary that this movie presents. But mm-hmm. I, I guess first I'll just ask you about Will Smith because you made a pretty big statement earlier. I didn't follow up on where uh, you, you called for him to be included in the best actor race. So he's well, being in the conversation. So so so, so what more about so than Joaquin and Joker? So, okay, so what about this performance resonated so much with you then? I like how vulnerable he got. I thought like. Especially, like, both in aging, you know, melancholic Will Smith and then also as young, confused Will Smith. I think there's a vulnerability that Ang Lee taps into that we haven't seen, you know, in quite some time um, from Will. You know, like, this is an actor who's really like, he, whose starring is just very carefully crafted, hence why he doesn't take risky performances because he doesn't want to, you know, fuck up, you know, our perception as the audience uh which is we have such a high perception of him after his last decade of movies though yeah yeah man like yeah but you know but yeah like and i and i sense like the the you know he's doing different like you know it's a very subtle performance like he's not like 
even when he's playing young, he, you, like, there's not, like, it could have been very showy, and it's not. Like, he's trying to get the type of body movement, the type of uh, vocal tonations that, that you know, like a teenage or, like, a 20-something-year-old would. Like. Right, and I don't think he overdoes it, like, trying to become, like, a moody teenager or anything like that. He's, he's yeah. pretty good at uh, playing a teenager that's raised to, like, not have emotions. And yeah. And he, and he doesn't overdo that because, again, this guy's not supposed to have that many emotions by design, which is one of my favorite wrinkles in this movie that I actually, as I thought about, it, was like, they really didn't explore that enough was when the Clive Odin character just, like, kind of gives his thesis statement or gives his – just lays out his whole grand plan when he's like, yeah, I want to, like, create soldiers that don't have to, like – that aren't, like, tied to anything and aren't going to feel lost and people aren't going to feel lost because of them and they're not going to have PTSD. And it's like, huh. Is there something to that? And Yeah, no, like, yeah, and that's where, like, at first I thought his villain character was going to be very black and white and boring, like a stock villain, but as in the fact that he, like, really does, like, have this father-son relationship with uh, 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 Will Smith, and then, like, towards the end of the film, like, Junior has to decide, you know, who, who... Who, which father figure does he go with? The one that's a version of himself or Clive? It gets very fascinating, and 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 it's just like that's what that's what I want to see when Angley and Jerry Bruckheimer team up. You know, you get a rote premise, and then you get like you know an exploration on the human condition that like you know Angley does well. Yeah, I, I guess I just wanted to maybe like see the movie like give a, put a little more effort into making Clive Owen's case. Not that like I, not that I'm going to be totally there for the way he went about his business, but yeah, it was like, ma- yeah, it's like maybe we could have explored a little bit more and like tried to like make us think a little harder about like, hey, is there a way to like clone morally? And, and this and this is like reminds me of like Nick Nolte's motivation in Hulk as um as um Eric Bana's father, as the father of Bruce Banner, where he like experiments on his son. And that resentment that comes along in their relationship, like this is why I think, like I think this film would be an interesting film to watch side by side with uh, Hulk, because like not only is Ang Lee doing something technically ambitious, but also you know it's it, it's he's tackling the same theme that has been going on in his movies about fathers and sons and the resentment uh, that they have for each other. Yeah, no, I, it, it, it is cool to, like, tackle thematic material like that in a movie with as goofy of a concept and premise as this one. And I, if that's the way Ang Lee, Ang Lee wants to expend his energy, I guess I guess I'm all for it. If we can get some movies that are, like, maybe somewhat better than this. But, like, again, I... I feel like with this technology also, I feel like there's going to be a movie where he probably has a story to match it. Where, like... Uh, and I haven't seen Billy Lynn, so maybe people are just too harsh on Billy Lynn. But like, you know, he's he's slowly like perfecting this technology, and maybe he'll have a movie where the technology and the story go hand in hand, and it and, and it and it'll be a perfect match, you know. Like, um, but honestly, I don't really think this movie is probably meant for us. Like, I think it's meant for overseas audience where they are releasing it properly, um, because and where Will Smith's star power hasn't waned. Yeah, no, I I can see that because I guess, like you said, I guess in China they do have, they do have the right theater. Um, did you did you want to say anything about else about any of the other performances? I think we like both agreed or like 
think Mary Elizabeth Winstead people, I, I think, like, again, Clive Owen did it the Clive Owen thing, and I just think they probably could have given him more to do. What do you think about Benedict Wong being able to procure planes and private jets out of nowhere? I, I think he's the weakest of the main cast. I was really high on, I'm bit, you know, obviously I'm really high on Will. Um, I'm really high on uh, Mary Willett, uh, Elizabeth Winstead. I honestly think this movie would be worse if they didn't have their chemistry. And also it gets in a weird, either both icky, but also interesting territory about like, you know, their, their chemistry, their relationship with each other as like, if, you know, they, they talk about, um, um, they talk about um, how like there's an age difference between them and that maybe in like, you know, if he was younger, he would be into her or whatever. Like, well, I was glad that they just put that out there like that and made it clear that, like, yeah, he's not going to try and get with her because, you yeah. know, it's like we had to pretend and, like, focus that, like, he's not 23 years older than Margot Robbie. And it's like... Which, by the way, they oddly had great crap chemistry. Like, I think that's, like, two of their best performances. I think that's probably, like, like the best that, like, Will has acted off of, like, a, fem- like a female lead has off acted off of will it, it, it's weird like their chemistry in that is actually yeah electric. but it's still like i i i, I my random trivia skill is like actor ages so it's just something like i always have in my head and i was like oh like and i was just kind of happy it's like okay can I acknowledge that like these characters know that they're not like of the right age for each other and that, and i was fine with that and it made it more easy for me to just like kind of enjoy their chemistry because i didn't have to worry about it like taking a turn into something romantic which then would have made me feel a little weird yeah, and, and, and like, and at one point it kind of hints like that, like I thought maybe like is is Mary Elizabeth Winston gonna hook up with like with, with Junior when he's like making her strip? Oh yeah, yeah, the Junior, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like is it like, yeah. but no, it doesn't do that. But it does like explore like the dynamic in enough that it is interesting. So yeah, like I wasn't hot on Benedict Wong. I was hot on Clive. I was hot on Will and Mary Elizabeth. Um, and Digital World was great, too. So, um, uh, like, you know, three out of four ain't bad. Yeah, very true. I don't know. Is, is there anything else I didn't ask you about yet that you wanted to talk about with this movie? Um, I'd be down for Gemini Man 2. Huh. I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I like this. I mean, they, they got to make sure they have a good idea, and it's not going to make enough money to make it happen anyway, but it's nice that it's something you would like. Yeah, <laughs> I like just Aang be Aang. Let Aang be Aang. Like, if, if he, like, now, because, like, the thing with Aang, he's talked about this technology where he's, like, he said, like, before, at 24 frames per second, there's this filter. There's this barrier between you and the audience. And he says, like, at 120 frames, there's not that filter. Um, and, and I, you know, I don't necessarily want all movies to be like this. You know, I, I'm still a 24 frames per second guy. But, like, you know, like if this is how Aang sees the world, I want to I want to step into his mind. You know, I just wish more cinemas would let me do that. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I guess it's just. I, I mean, hopefully, like um, my theater right now is getting renovated. As I've said a few times on the podcast, it just made it so I just haven't been able to watch anything in IMAX because it's literally the only IMAX theater within forty something miles of me. Uh, so I, I mean, I just haven't been able to see anything in elevated format. So I mean, if someone else wants to go and kind of do this visual thing, hopefully, I'll have the opportunity to see it in one twenty. The Avatar sequels are doing it. 
okay, well, maybe by then my theater will get its shit together. And they're like I said, it's getting renovated now. And so it's like I, I don't know if I, I just can't comment as knowledgeably as you can on here. But I'm glad that you made the effort to go uh, do Ang, do do by Ang as well as you could and uh, see it in this format. So someone on this podcast can speak knowledgeably about it. I'll just say that like if anyone's listening to this and well, actually we kind of spoiled the whole movie, but I'll I'll kind of like recommend people see it and then listen and tweet about it a little bit and i i just think that it i i hope that people don't like i don't know it was out of like a week release weekend and i mean i guess this weekend we have zombie land 2 which is which will be a, a fairly big deal but it, it's just like october maybe hasn't had like as many massive like wide releases yet as i feel like last year did you know like last year the first weekend you had like both first man and stars born and i i feel like maybe they haven't the big hits haven't been like coming quite as fast yet well, we got, the thing is like we're in the shadow of joker um oh yeah i forgot about joker Adam's family did really well this weekend and hurt Gemini, man. Yeah, uh, I, I totally forgot about Joker, but it's like I feel like people probably already saw that. Like it made so yeah. much money, and maybe I'm, I don't. I don't understand what, what know what kind of sick fucks would want to go watch that movie again. But it's making so much oh, money. Oh, 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 yeah, there's some like sick fucks in my theater that were applauding and laughing during the little person gag in that film. But um, yeah, it's like, but I guess it's making enough money that people are seeing it again. But my point being that, like, besides Joker, I feel like there's just not a ton of huge stuff here. And it's like, I'm sure a lot of people wrote this off when the early word came out about it and when they saw the Rotten Tomato score and stuff like that. And it's, I just think this movie deserves a little more thought than that and a, a little more time than that. And people should give it a shot because you'll get, you, I think you're just going to be pleasantly surprised because it's going to be hard not to go into it with low expectations unless you are Josh Brown. And it's like, it, the movie just does some spot, spotted gem. Wow. Yeah, the, the movie just does, like, more interesting stuff than I was expecting. I mean, not only, like, this whole idea of, you know, I mean, just the 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 just the just clones in general and if you can clone morally and the benefits of doing it that way, but also maybe even just the idea of a soldier and, like, does it make a soldier more effective to not have emotions? And I feel like it makes some interesting, like, points with that when they're just ta- – when both Henry and Junior are talking about going against each other and it's like, yeah, Junior's, like, way younger, but, like, Henry kind of gets the better of him uh, to some extent on, on various go rounds, and it's like, huh? I mean, does being able to like kind of have a lifetime of experiences and feelings about various things actually like help you? In while uh, some people might just think it's like makes you more fallible, I don't know, and it, I don't know, it just makes you think in ways that you don't expect based on the ways people are talking about this movie and it is a really good will smith performance and while i said will smith didn't actually mail it in in aladdin like i kind of expected him to it's still i still think it's like hard to like count on him to like totally go for it in the ways we want him to and i think he does in this movie so people should go uh just support him for that and yeah i don't know i i I'd recommend it and i was just really pleasantly surprised and it was something i thought i was just doing to indulge you and i came out of it like feeling like way more pleased than i ha- had any expectation of being so yeah never dang. Yeah, Josh, before we uh, sign off, is there anything you want to plug now that Gemini Man has now actually been released? See, this was like my most anticipated movie of the year. Now, like, I honestly don't know what to look forward to for the rest. Like, I don't have, I can't, like, pull, like, a Spies spies in disguise? Sure, sure. But, like, you know, we're still in the millennium, so sure. But, like, I, I don't have, like, my upcoming, you know... I don't know, Marwin or something like that where I could get excited about. It's just, you know, uh, Star Wars, whatever, you know, been there, done that, you know, like marriage story. Oh, okay. There we go. Marriage story. But you know, it's not the, it's not the same. Cause like, look, I'm sure marriage story will be a better film. I'm sure I'm going to love it, but it's just, it's not crazy. You know, it's not, 
crazy. Dude, but it does. It, it is kind of exciting though. We both really like Noah Baumbach. It's like in. I mean, I really like Meyerowitz stories, and it's kind of cool to imagine him actually leveling up from that, which is what it, by all accounts he's doing, or leveling up from that in Mistress America, which I. But I love both those movies, and it's like, wow, he's actually going to do something better than that. So that's yeah, like that's probably my they, most anticipated thing the rest of the year. Yeah, like you know, I think Noah Baumbach has had the best career of any director, American director, this decade. Um, if only he shot Marriage Story in 120 frames, <laughs> but Adam Driver, then maybe like I would be, you know, it's just it's just like I, I, I'm kind of in the existential crisis because like movies peaked with Gemini Man. Oh you god. Know? Okay. Well, you ever in uh, Myra's stories how Adam Sandler's daughter keeps showing those like half pornographic movies yeah. she's making, yeah. and yeah. it's like maybe, maybe if like he could do some kind of like homage to Ang Lee and just like <laughs> if there's a movie within this movie, the movie within the movie maybe can be shot in 120 frames per second or something like that, just so it's not just so it's not too obvious of in the, that he's aping Ang Lee, you know? Uh, so. Actually, you know what director actually has a crazy premise right now. Um, did you hear the plot for Clerks Three? No, but I've never actually seen the first two quirks. Okay, well, the plot for Clerks 3. Now, here's the thing. Um, you have, you have, have like 60 on... seconds because we have a debate to go watch. Okay, okay. I'm going to have egg on my face because Kevin Smith, the Jane and Silent Bob reboot thing looked like shit. But, and I survived t- Tusk. But the plot for Clerks 3 is about the main characters of the first Clerks. Like, you know, they one of them had a heart attack. They're contemplating their life and how little they have accomplished. And they set out to essentially make the first clerk they're like they're making a movie about their lives yeah they're uh, making like yeah which would be clerks one yeah gotcha all right well i mean that's okay well there you go josh is now just as excited about clerks three as he was about Gemini. i don't i don't know <laughs> <to> do <something. laughs> all right well as usual if you want to follow me on twitter you can at josh Chernovoy, j-o-s-h-j-u-r-n-o-v-o-y and letterbox same thing podcast twitter re- the rewind movie pod Podcast email, rewindmoviepod at gmail.com. Coming up next week, we'll probably have a podcast on Zombieland 2. And as soon as they get wide releases, we'll do some on The Lighthouse in Parasite. So very excited for that. Josh, thank you again for joining. Yep. We'll pleasure to be with you. See you again for Marriage Story, maybe Spies in Disguise. We'll figure all that out. So lots of stuff to stay, look forward to because we're still just kind of getting to Oscar season. So everyone, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.